Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Monday Check-In. It's Monday, June, let's call it the 8th today. I am Damon Heitman, one of the ministers of First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. I literally got distracted by a squirrel outside my window. <laughs> <laughs> I am joined by... I'm Greg Allen Pickett, uh, one of the other pastors, or the other pastor at uh, First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. I'm sitting in my office at the church where I will not be distracted by any squirrels, though Damon's front porch looks lovely. <laughs> though, if you are distracted by squirrels, uh, I mean, even more of a distraction, I would assume, than, I mean, I'm in, oh, you have to check out this squirrel. What? Okay, Let's I'm going to try to get, tell me, can you see it? Uh, point it down a little more. Oh, sure enough, right there on your uh, stoop or on your, uh, yeah. Look at that, just lounging. It's getting hot Where's out the there. This is the whole reason you have a cat, isn't it? <laughs> She's <inside. laughs> so, uh, um Yeah, so this is the Monday check-in. After and for we those of you who are listening on SoundCloud, sorry you didn't get the visual of the squirrel, but you can zip <laughs> over to YouTube and watch it and actually see the visual of the squirrel lounging <laughs> on Damon's steps. Um, yeah, uh, so on the Monday check-in, after we get the squirrels thing all figured out, uh, <laughs> we share a few announcements about life at First Prez currently, what's going on, what folks might want to be aware of, uh, and then we transition into a little mini uh, Bible study for the upcoming Sunday. So, uh, Greg, what what should we know? Got some uh, exciting things coming up in the life of the church. Uh, first of all, this week we started the summer sermon series on children's literature. We've uh, we've picked six popular children's books, and we are going to be using those as uh, illustrations within our sermons. Uh, Damon will be preaching a couple of those, and I'll be preaching a few more. We started this last week with Stone Soup. Um, and I do want to remind you, if you caught our, uh, our sermon last week, uh, that I gave a charge to the congregation. And I invited you sometime this week to double a recipe for dinner, uh, cook it, uh, enjoy your meal yourself, and then take the other part of that doubled recipe to somebody who you think could use a meal. And I also said, if you don't know somebody in town who could use a meal, to bring it down to the church in a container, disposable container, and we'll put it in our uh, freezer. Uh, for our casserole ministry that we do here at the church. So that was part of the whole gist of the Stone Soup book that we read that we contrasted with uh, with Jesus feeding the multitudes, feeding the 5,000. So we're going to continue that. Uh, we're excited for the next five weeks to be uh, using children's literature as part of our sermon series. So uh, stay tuned for that. And then after that, starting in late July, we will do the summer sermon song series for six weeks. And so if you have any suggestions of songs that you think would make a great sermon, particularly secular songs that you've listened to and said, I'd love to hear a sermon preached on that, uh, let us know, and we will try to add that to our list uh, for the Summer Sermon Song series. So a couple of other things coming up. Uh, we have a summer reading group that we're starting. We're going to invite the entire church to read a book called Gilead. Uh, like there is a balm in Gilead, except Gilead is the name of a fictional town in Iowa. Um, and so buy the book and get it by June 26th. If you uh, can't order it, come down to the church. We've got 10 extra copies here at the church that we're happy to share with you. And we're going to invite the whole church to read this book together. 
and uh, we'll be doing some reflections on it. And so we'll be alternating every other week. One week, we'll do a podcast similar to our Monday check-in, but rather than just having to listen to me and Damon talk, we're actually going to bring in three literature professors who are going to discuss this book with us. So one week, we'll do a podcast with Damon and I and literature professors. The next week, we'll hold an online book group uh, via Zoom, where everyone can engage and talk and chat about this book they're reading together. And then we'll go back to the podcast, online book group, and we'll do that for six weeks. So we hope you can join us for that. The book is Gilead. The author is Marilyn Robinson, Pulitzer Prize winning book. And we're excited to have you join us for that starting June 26th. So get that book and start reading. Uh, next announcement is Worship in the Park. We are excited that we are going to be doing Worship in the Park on Sunday, June 21st in Alexander Park, which is just across the street of the church north on the northwest corner of uh, 7th and Lincoln. And so join us for Worship in the Park. You'll bring your own chairs and we will sit properly socially distanced in the park wearing face masks. We won't be singing any hymns, but we do have four guest musicians who are going to join us for that uh, to lead the music. And uh, of course, you get to be outside and get to see your wonderful church family. It's going to be great. And we're trying to line up some food trucks to park in our church parking lot afterwards so you can bring your chair from the park over to a shady spot in the parking lot get some food from a food truck and enjoy a meal together as a family of faith. So that is Sunday, June 21st, which is just under two weeks away. We can't wait to join you or have you join us for that. Last announcement I have, uh, we have our go and serve, which is our youth mission trip, uh, which has been going and serving for more than 60 years. Uh, this year we had to cancel our trip away, but instead we're doing a trip here in Hastings. The, the youth are going to gather in the church and then do different service projects around Hastings, and we're actually looking for projects. And so if you know of uh, somebody who could use some help with some work around their house or in their yard, let us know, and we'll try to line up some projects, service projects for our youth who will be working, and that is in mid-July, right, Damon? Yeah, it'd be July, uh, well, the work days would be like the 13th through the 14, 15, 16, 17, or something like that. Okay. So yeah, if you're aware of a, somebody who could use a little help from uh, some youth, then let us know and we'll try to get those things lined up. So that's all I've got for our announcements. Um, how about I open us with a word of prayer and we'll jump into the scripture and talk a little bit about it today. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for the beautiful day. It is warm outside, Lord, but in the warmth of the sun, we feel the warmth of your love for us. And in the wind that is blowing through the trees, we feel the wind of your Holy Spirit blowing, blowing through our lives. And so thank you for your steadfast presence with us. Thank you for your reminders that you have of us, for us. Reminders of your presence with us in the warmth of the sunshine and in the blowing wind. This morning we ask that you bless and guide our conversation, Lord, as we reflect on your holy word. Help us think about how it may apply to our lives and what call it may place on us to serve and love you and to serve and love one another. We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we have actually a, uh, we have two scriptures, two uh, passages that go along uh, with this week's book. Um, maybe it should this week's book is B.U., correct? It's called B.U., 
it's a children's book. I'm trying to see if I can quickly pull up the cover of it and then maybe share my screen so that y'all can see it. You think that would be appropriate? Yep, I think to do that, I'm gonna have to make you the host real quick. Okay. How about I share screen? Which host I've done. Disabled participant. I'm the host now. Yeah, so now try. I'm gonna share my screen. And I'm gonna show this one. I'm gonna share it. And can y'all see it? Uh, I can see it. Okay. So see if you're watching the, on YouTube, that's just a. I can see the manufacturer's suggested retail price as well. Indeed, I think I, this is Target's website. So this is a book that can be ordered off Target, but the book is called BU by Peter H. Reynolds. And it's a, it's a wonderful book. This is a book that was actually given to me uh, while my family was living in quarantine. Uh, it was actually not given to me. It was a gift to Esther. Let me be clear about that. Mm. Uh, and so a beloved family in our church, the News family, uh, dropped by a care package for us that included this book. And Esther and I read it and we loved it. And as I was getting ready for this uh, summer series on children's literature, I said, this would be great. Let's, uh, let's do one on this. So that's the book. There will be copies of it here at the church in the church library. And uh, we'll be reading it on Sunday as part of the sermon. So good deal. Uh, so to go along with that, we have a couple of pieces of scripture. Uh, the first comes from Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, and then 22 and 23. It reads along these lines. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. That's the passage from Galatians. Uh, then we have also a selected portion of Psalm 139. It reads along these lines. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Here ends that reading as well. So, Greg, what do you got? I love that last line in that psalm. I know that full well. Um, the reality is I think we don't always know that, or perhaps we don't always remember it. Uh, or perhaps we get beaten down by life or distracted by the world, and we forget this, this truth in Psalm 139, that God has created us. God has created us in our innermost being, and we are called to praise God because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God's works are wonderful, and we are one of God's works, which makes us wonderful as well. And so I, uh, I just love that passage from Psalm 139. And I'd actually picked Psalm 139 to do next week. And so we will read different sections of Psalm 139 next week, but this fit really well for this week. Um, because this book, BU, is basically a celebration of uh, who we are, right? It talks about the individual characteristics that we bring into the world, and it encourages us to celebrate those characteristics. And that's the same thing that 
I think Psalm 139 does. It's, it's also the same thing that uh, the passage from Galatians does, uh, where Paul is writing to the community in Galatia, and he's telling them, you have been given freedom. You are children of God, and you've been given freedom. Live into that freedom. But part of that freedom means loving your neighbors, and part of that freedom, uh, Paul lists out those fruits of the Spirit. And when we read the book, Be You, you'll, you'll recognize some of those fruits of the Spirit that are present in the book as well. And so it's a wonderful sort of combination of the children's literature and uh, these two scriptures that I think come together pretty nicely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to me that this, you know, this theme of sort of um, embracing who you are um, is, seems to be a fairly common theme in children's literature. It, you know, it pops up in lots of different places, uh, and it's it's interesting to me that it, that it needs to do so, <laughs> right? Um, we children's literature is written to, at least in part, to teach children, right? Um, and it's interesting that this this lesson of that that you are good and worthwhile just the way that you are is a message that we have to repeat so often. Uh, that we're good at, um, we're real good at pointing out differences. And we're real good at using those as a way of slighting people, uh, as a way of cutting them down, um, as a way of sort of what we call organizing and categorizing. Um, and so it's, it's interesting that this, that this corrective theme it has to be, you have to be carefully taught, right? Uh, to, to kind of root taught. Yeah. And root taught. Yeah. And, and particularly in children's literature, like it means that we're starting at a very young age where people are, are being told that they're not worthy or being told that they are, that certain parts of them are not worthwhile to bring. Uh, and, and, and it gets worse as we become adults, right? Um, yeah. For some folks, and 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 then the, also as you described, the way that these things are used to divide us, to categorize us, and to to separate us, instead of saying let's celebrate these differences, this diversity, in a way that is uh, glorifying God. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has made us this way, and uh, yeah, mm -hmm. and we have to be reminded of that. You know, there's also part of it is also connecting me to. Um, you know, there, though there are many parts of the body, the body is one, right? Uh, and I'm thinking about, even if you just look at it from a, like, hobbies and special interests sorts of, of standpoint, right? Um, that, that we need all of, all of those things are good and worthwhile and valuable. I mean, uh, the, the child that is really interested in music, like, we need music. Music is great. Uh, and the child that is really interested in sports, sports are good too. Like, we, you know, that there, we need all of these things um, to sort of, to be able to work together um, to help to create a, a beautiful and loving world. Right. Um, and I like this idea in the Galatians passage of, of um, there, there is a responsibility connected to this idea of freedom that 
um, they, uh, let me just let me just scroll up right you know don't use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence we could add a whole long list of like don't use your unique talents and gifts as an opportunity to cut others down or um, any or harm others or any of those sorts of things that there is um, there is a there is a responsibility connected to this idea of freedom this is the this is the Spider-Man passage. <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. Right. Indeed. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, as the father of a 10-year-old child um, who I've spent a lot of time with in the last three months, mm -hmm. uh, significantly more time than she and I would have had to spend together if we weren't in pandemic phase. And, and so a lot of talking and listening to each other and already at age 10, there is uh, shaming of certain gifts, right? Sure. She, she knows what a nerd is. And that's, mm -hmm. that's somehow a shameful thing. And, and a nerd is somebody who does well in school. And um, I want to encourage her to take pride in her schoolwork and take pride in yeah. her good grades. And yet already there exists this culture that it's, it's nerd shaming or, um, you know, it's or, not cool. Yeah, it's not cool. And so things like this book about BU, I think, help remind kids to celebrate those gifts that they have, that, that God has given them, um, and to do that. I had a theology professor in seminary, and uh, she said we spent a lot of time talking about the sin of pride, and that's, that's true. We need to acknowledge the sin of pride, and we need to work actively in our lives to avoid the sin of pride. She said... But the other side of that coin is the sin of self-deprecation. And she said, there are a lot of folks who, uh, who really don't believe that they're worthy uh, of God's love or worthy of being loved by others. And they've allowed society and, and the norms and standards of society or the negativity of society to infest their souls. And then, and then they read a passage like, God knit me in my mother's wombs and I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and, and they forget that. Um, and they, they don't feel the freedom that comes with being a child of God. And instead they, they're, yeah. So anyways, this, this professor spent as much time talking about the sin of self-deprecation as the sin of pride and how we need to be really careful on both of those things. And, and as faith leaders, as she was training us to be pastors, we need to uh, be as wary of the sin of self-deprecation as we do of the sin of pride. And so call out pride when you see it, for sure. And it is a problem. Uh, but also, if somebody comes to you and says, I'm just not worthy. I'm not worthy of God's love. I'm not worthy to be part of this faith community. I'm not worthy of my spouse's love or my, one of my parents' love. Wow, like that's, that's a sin too. And so help them with that. Um, and that's, I think, the, the gift of books like this, like Be You, and also the gift of scriptures, like the ones that we'll study with this book. Yeah. Do you think that part of this is connected to this, this sort of conflict that we experience between um, what we think of as uh, biblical values or faith like values and um, societal values? Say more. Well, I'm trying to think. Okay. So, 
the things that that we sort of value as a society right are um, we like power um <laughs> we like powerful characters in our movies uh in our shows um we we paid athletes a lot of money uh to to perform feats of strength um we like money is a value that's there's a high sort of a lot we pay a lot of attention to the stock markets and uh to we measure our success by our gross domestic product and other things that i don't really understand um when we talk about the things that we value as people of faith, uh, we're talking about things like humility. We're talking about things like peace. We're talking about things like, uh, let's see, it says here, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Uh, yeah, we've got these other ones. Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, faithfulness, and self-control. It's the, that's the order that I learned them in the song once upon a time. Um, there's, there's these sort of competing sets of, of uh, and understandings of what's really important and what is of value going on. Um, uh, and then we get, then we end up in, at the very least messy, uh, at the worst degrading and harmful situations. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely onto something there, Damon. Um, and I, I think that uh, the danger is allowing society's values to uh, to unduly influence the biblical values that we're called to as as people of faith. Um, and it's so easy to do. Um, I, I say almost almost every week, like I get my folks for an hour a week. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How much how much time does Netflix get of them? <laughs> yeah or Amazon prime or Hulu or, um, and, and so if we're getting bombarded with images and value sets that are different than what we're learning from our faith, um, and we're, and those images and value sets are constantly on us. It's easy for us to lose track of what it's all about. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our faith says to us, value everyone because everyone is fearfully and wonderfully made the the other competing set of values says well kind of yeah value the beautiful value the powerful value the sports stars value the, but but not everyone not everyone yeah. has yeah. that same intrinsic value to our society only the ones who can make money or uh make beauty or whatever and it's like mm -hmm. wait a second uh, there's there's a whole lot more to life than that, and in fact, our faith tells us that those aren't the values that we should be pursuing. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a whole lot wrapped up in there, a whole lot wrapped up in this children's book and in the Galatians passage and in the mm -hmm. psalm. Yeah, I, I find one of the things that I really like about working with children's books and, and children's lit is that... Um, everyone seems to like them <laughs> everyone seems to enjoy them because uh the really good ones 
uh, the ones that have been handed down from generation to generation to generation, um, have this way of they they capture really uh, complex and powerful things in very simple ways. Um, it, it's those books are easy to understand, uh, but they have an incredible depth to them uh, that folks just folks just get. Um, and it's good because we because we undercount the power of story, but that's a different thing. <laughs> that's not a different thing at all. I think uh, I think storytelling is a vital part of uh, who we are as human beings, but also a vital part of our faith. I mean, Jesus told stories, right? Jesus spoke yeah. in parables. Um, and then even our our gospels are full of stories about Jesus in addition to the stories that Jesus told himself. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, that's a really good observation and, and thinking about the, just the one that we did last week, Stone Soup. Like it's, it's a simple concept, right? Uh, and, uh, and yet it's powerful when we read it and we're confronted with it. Yeah. And even that story, like if you really wanted to dive into that story, there's some really complex, and we did on Sunday, but if you wanted to keep diving into it, there's some interesting things going on in there that, why, why do the, why do the people start contributing to this soup, right? They don't start contributing because they want to feed these travelers. They start contributing because, oh, they they have offered to give me something. <laughs> I, they've offered to give, they're going to make this soup and let me have some of it if I contribute to this. So, so like there's something in this for me now, right? right? And that draws them into this active. And then the active giving sort of grows from there. And it becomes this sort of uh, pure thing or however you want to think about it, right? That this, this communal sort of, we, we are, we are sharing with one another. We understand the power of this now, but, but at first, the first impulse is, Hey, if somebody has a big pot, we can make this soup and it's really good soup. And the guy's like, Hey, I like to eat. <laughs> here's, here's my, here's my pot that you can use. Well, the, the other, the other story in there too, is the, the power of, of a movement, right? Yeah. Once one person speaks up and says, Hey, I can contribute a carrot. Yep. And then something looks like, well, not to be outdone, I can contribute a green bean. Well, I can, uh, I can, I can throw out an egg noodle. And, and then <laughs> once you get a critical mass of people buying into the movement, everyone wants to be a part of the movement. Yeah. And so if we as people of faith can create a movement of compassion and kindness and justice and mercy and love that is so compelling that people want to be a part of it, that's, that's a powerful thing. Like we, we need to be movement creators in the same way that even if people come to it initially with the wrong motivations mm -hmm. um you know that's that there's a powerful thing one of one of my favorite quotes and i've used this in a sermon at least once a year um madeline lindall who wrote the book a wrinkle in time uh she says we do not convince others to come to jesus by telling them loudly how wrong they are and how right we are we convince them by showing them a light so lovely they will want to know with all of their hearts the source of it. If we can be starting a movement where we are shining a light so lovely that people want to know their, with all their hearts the source of it, we know human nature is to want to be part of a cool movement, right? 
Mm-hmm. And so that's yet another theme from Stone Soup that I think you could uh, you could build upon. Oh yeah, yeah you could probably preach six or preach six or seven sermons out of that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. But when I read it on Sunday, it's five minutes. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Like, like, but it's got all that, and that's the people just kind of inherently get that and, and yeah. like it. So as as is true, probably of of most, if not all, good art. Indeed. Um, that it, uh, but at any rate, I've kind of wandered a little bit. <laughs> should we, uh, should we have a prayer? Let's do that. Okay. Uh, loving and gracious God, I thank you for truth and the ways that it comes to us. Truth told through story, truth told through the experiences of others, uh, truth shared in song and in book and in any number of other ways. I thank you, O God, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I thank you for the calling that you have put upon our hearts to live by the fruit of the Spirit, to live by love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and generosity and self-control. Give us, O Lord, the courage and the strength that we need to do such things. In your holy and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. So that's it for now. Until next time, toodaloo.